honey bears, honey bees, honey boo boo, lovely freaking humans, podcorn, not popcorn, podcorn. I started using podcorn to not only monetize for myself, but to connect with other brands and podcasts to celebrate their work. Podcorn has given me a new chance to reach out to some of my favorite brands and some new ones here and there to create a relationship and build a community of artists together. I freaking love it. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities such as hot read ads, interview thoughts, topical discussions, and more. With Podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasters of all shapes and sizes, no matter your stats, can browse and choose opportunities on the platform, set their own rates. Yes, you heard me correctly. You set your own rate. And you get to collaborate with brands without any exclusivities. And guess what? You won't have to give up any rights to your work. And Podcorn is here to assist and support you every step of the way. They ensure we're protected and compensated for our work we do for other brands. Podcorn's mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how we monetize. They are an incredible company and resource for all brands and podcasters looking to take the next step. Want more info on Podcorn? You can find the link in my show notes on my website, www.frankiemars.com. I promise you won't be disappointed. (laughs) Holy crap, is this really happening right now? (laughs) Oh my god. God, this is gonna be a mess. In three, two, one. What's up, my lovely humans? We are back. For another Monday. Okay, so I just got out of a voice lesson. And it was the hardest so far from the semester. I don't know why, but for some reason I'm having so much... I'm struggling today. I've been struggling all week. Just because. I, I truly don't know. There's like... There's been a lot of fighting in my household, and I think it's starting to take a toll on, like, my mental well-being. I'm pretty sure that constant fighting affects other people, and I'm starting to feel the after effect. So, I feel gross today. But you know what? I'm human, so I'm allowed to feel gross today. Let's talk about Twilight. Okay, I have talked about Twilight way too much, and I promise you, when it first came out, I really wasn't this involved. (laughs) But now that I've started to rewatch them, I've, I've started to catch little things that I haven't ever caught before, and I think that Twilight, the films, I... I haven't read the books in a really long time. I enjoyed them when I did read them. I'm going to reread them. But the films are so thought out. And here's why I say that. Because I've been watching 
the extended editions. Most of the extended editions have a bonus feature. It's like an hour, hour and a half, like depending on the film. And I found it so fascinating that each movie had their own director, okay? But each director pulled so much stuff out of these books and one, followed the books super well. But, and two, they brought their own vision into how they thought this story was supposed to play out on film. Like, it's so fascinating to me as an actor to watch these types of bonus features that we see the directors talking about their decisions. We see the actors talking about their decisions. And also, we see that us actors have literally almost zero input on how the movie goes. I mean, sure, we have input on our characters. We have input on, like, how we envision maybe a scene or, like, how a scene should escalate and de-escalate and such. But we have no, no input in pre-production, post-production. And I find that so cool that we, as actors, are literally at the end of, we're at the bottom of the totem pole. Bottom, very bottom. And all these people are here to, you know, create something so wonderful. And so, like I said, I've been re-watching all these Twilights, all the Twilight Saga. And I've been catching these small scenes. And because I've been watching the extended editions, I've caught on to scenes that they cut out in the regular version. And I sit there and I look at it and I'm like, why would you take that out? I mean, obviously, I'm pretty sure they probably had, like, a time frame, but I'm, I just sit there and wonder, and I'm like, this was such a good scene. Like, okay, for example, in the first, I'm really salty about this scene, because I had never seen it before, and I'm super mad. It's so cute, and I think it adds to Edward's character, Carlisle's character, and Esme, because in the extended edition of the first Twilight movie, there is a scene and it's right after Edward brings Bella to his house for the first time it's like right after uh Rosalie like smushes the bowl Carlisle and Esme share this cute little bonding scene of them talking about how Edward loves Bella already and I'm like why would you take this out it made so much sense to keep it in and that's why this was so interesting to me because I want to know what goes into those decisions to take something out. Like, why is that not important? Why is that not important as the rest of, of, the, of the movie? Like, I just thought it added so much. And I think that if you're a Twilight fan, you should 100% watch the extended editions. But another thing that I really like is these bonus features that they have. I don't think that there's a bonus feature for the Breaking Dawn movies. Pause. There's actually no extended edition to Breaking Dawn Part 2. I'm very salty about this because I wanted a, an extended edition of this movie. And there's not much to the extended edition of Breaking Dawn Part 1. I'm still really salty that there's no bonus feature for these movies because I was so excited. I wanted to know how they made the birthing scene. But alas, of course, there is none. So thanks, Amazon. Thanks, Twilight. Thanks, Summit, because you all made it. I, ne I need this. I need this as my my fan brain and actor brain needs this. Bonus features. Okay, so I know I said this, that I'm very fascinated by these. 
by watching like the directors make the cuts and blah 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 but also they interview the cast and the cast gets to talk about like all the stunting that goes on and you wouldn't think that these movies have so many stunts but they do also to get these fucking vampires to run amazes me and the cast they were like this is so painful and we hate doing it because they're literally like in this little harness thing and they're on like a wire and so they have to like pretend to run but they're like a few feet up in the air and so they're literally just being held by a harness and this wire and they say it's so painful but it's the sacrifice that you make for art done there it is so I was inspired after watching some of these movies I haven't rewatched the extended edition of Breaking Dawn. I just finished Eclipse the other night, so Breaking Dawn will be next, and I'm very excited because it's one of my favorites. I like part one better than part two. Everybody has their own favorite. I will say I do not think New Moon is relevant, but it's probably my least favorite just because the only th- the only thing that it adds to the story is Edward is really stupid sometimes. Jacob is a wolf. And Bella and Jacob have a thing. That's it. That's all it is. But anyway, I wanted to get back to the basics. Like, I wanted to kind of figure out what I was missing in these movies. And so I'm reading the series again. Just because I want to figure out what's going on and, like, what all they cut out from the books. Because I'm also interested, as an actor... The type of research that these characters and these actors would have to put in by reading the books versus what they got from the movie. Because I know, obviously, there's probably going to be discrepancies and stuff like that. Also, did you know that Stephanie Meyer was in the first and last movie? Or the first and fourth movie? Because I fucking didn't. And then I saw her during one of the bonus features. She was like, yeah, I was in the coffee shop in the first one. I was like, what? (laughs) But whatever reading. That's where I was going. I'm going to talk about Shakespeare. So I touched on this last week, but you know, reading Shakespeare and studying Shakespeare is like a brand new language to me. So I've been really studying and it's starting to become a little bit more clear in my brain. And I'm trying to figure out exactly how to understand it. Because a lot of times it's written backwards almost and like let me explain what I mean like when you read a sentence it's almost like you have to read it like reversed because he like a lot of times if he says like be not it's like don't be you know and it took my it took a a while for my brain to kind of like wrap around that because I was like what the fuck does this even mean and that's like a very simple example but you get the picture this past week my acting teacher made us read the entire first scene of Hamlet in under five minutes. I didn't even make it three-fourths of the way because I didn't, I can't read Shakespeare and understand it in that quick of a time frame. I commend everyone who can do that because I cannot. Hopefully it'll get better. But, I, and then afterwards, after we were supposed to read it, we took 45 minutes to dissect it and we didn't even finish dissecting it that's how complicated Shakespeare is you can read these words fine skim it but it takes a 
full understanding and like extreme table work to be able to be in a Shakespeare play. And I now realize that because <laughs> I I want to like Shakespeare and I'm starting to develop like a good little liking of him. But I just want to be able to understand what the hell I'm reading. Because I get very frustrated when I have to go back and reread things. But I have found a savior. While some of these sentences are finally clicking in the old noggin, I wanted to read a synopsis first. Because if you read, for me anyway, if I read a summary of Shakespeare in modern terms, I'm more likely, for some reason, and it could be a comprehension thing, but I'm more likely to understand it as I'm reading it because I know, okay, so this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and here we are. So by reading these different, like, synopses online, I'm starting to figure out, like, okay, so this goes here, and this goes here, and that goes here. Oh, that's what that means. And also, I'm like, if I don't know what a word means, I'm Googling a word or Googling a phrase. And a lot of websites nowadays for Shakespeare is, like, modern translations, so that's been really helpful. And I also didn't know that throughout the years, there are, I'm sure, fucking hundreds of Shakespeare editions of fucking everything. But these editors have changed words versus from Shakespeare's, like, first folio is, like, the closest thing to the original Shakespeare that we have. Anyway, my lord and savior right now, Arden Shakespeare. They have these books, right? And they have an introduction and then they go on to the play. And it's basically scholars putting down Shakespeare in modern terms, but it's in a book. It's literally so nice. And they also have performance edition books that I bought for Twelfth Night, because that's what I'm studying right now. This performance book has meanings, it has stage directions, it has pronunciations, it has a lot of iambic pentameter, which is Shakespeare's beat. And so I'm also studying that. And so that's been helpful to kind of like okay, so this is how they talk. This is how this would have went on stage back then. Like, blah, blah. Because, I mean, we're studying something that's 400 years old. Like, I mean, somehow the tapes for the first production of Hamlet got lost. I don't know. Just kidding. There is not a fucking tape. We don't know. Like, we're literally studying a language that we have never studied before. So, it's like learning... French. I don't know. Okay, so the original Broadway cast album of the week. I know last week I didn't have one. Actually, I technically I did have one, but it wasn't a Broadway cast album. This week, inspired by my musical theater class. Drum roll. It's Baby, the musical, by David Shire and Richard Maltby Jr., if you have not listened to this, it's an older musical. It was released in the 80s, but it's about these three couples who are at various stages of getting pregnant, okay? And so I've been working on it in musical theater just as like a practice scene so that we can get get going for the semester. And it was made, like I said, it was made in the 80s right as fertility was starting to become a thing, like fertility in vitro, that kind of thing. And it's an interesting musical that I think is still relevant today because obviously people are have, still have trouble getting pregnant and there are people who get pregnant and are very young and have to like scramble to figure out what they're going to do. As I was reading the libretto, because my I'm playing the part of Lizzie right now, 
I've never heard of baby before. It was so funny because the week before that, my voice teacher had actually given me another Lizzie song before we started the duet. But I just found it so interesting because I wanted more out of the libretto than I got. But I think that the writers of the book were very choosy in what they put so that you would want more. Because obviously having a baby is very confusing and very uncertain. And so that's how I felt at the end of reading the libretto. And I thought that that was a very, very nice choice. Very sneaky, little writers. Very sneaky. You got me. But speaking of school, I have been feeling very unmotivated. And I know that my semester just began. We're in, we're getting ready to start week three. Today will be week three. And you know, I'm just, I'm sitting on Zoom. I mean, it's much better. The format is so much better than last semester where we were sort of thrust into this world, this online learning world. And now, you know, we have a schedule. We have classes that are via Zoom, like at a specific time. So you sort of like have the time allotted for that. And then they also have, like, a time allotted for here's when you can do your work. Like, you're not necessarily on a Zoom call, but you can do your work for that specific class, if that makes any sense at all. That's how my school's doing it. But, one, the program that we're using, I think, is a little bit of overkill. Like, I thought Google Classroom was pretty self-explanatory, and now they've moved to a thing called Canvas, which I used at my previous college, but I just think it's overkill for what we use it for. Whatever. I know how to use it. It's fine. And I, but I just can't figure out why my mood is dropping, like, severely. Like, the first week I was fine until the end of the week, and then I started to drop, and now this week it's just further downhill, and I'm hoping this week I can get my mood back up, but it's just like, am I tired? Am I burnt out? Am I just not in the mood for it? I don't really know. I have went through spells like this where I'm just like, what? You know, like, I don't really know how to describe it. I just feel like bleh. Maybe it's from juggling work and school and the podcast and the blog and my social media and having a social life somehow. It's all just, it's like, wow, right in my face. And I'm, ah, I'm, I'm just trying so hard to keep up, but it, it feels like my life is like running itself. And I'm just like, and my brain is just like along for the ride. And I've done meditation and yoga before, but then I stopped. So now I'm like, hmm, maybe I should go back to that because meditation helped me a lot, especially in the morning time for last semester anyway. But also being an insomniac, I'm not fucking sleeping at all. I usually have to work out, but then when I get home, between waking up early in the morning, going to work, coming home, going to class, staying on Zoom for the rest of the day, or coming home, going to class, and then going back to work, by the time I get home, I'm so fucking tired that I don't even want to work out, and working out is most of the time what makes me go to fucking sleep. So, if anybody has a remedy, that would be great, because I'm exhausted, and I feel like I can hear it in my own voice, but my voice is even fucking tired. But I did start journaling and writing again, so I'm trying to, like, preserve my emotions and, like, make myself feel a little better. But I just feel so gross. Like, I feel emotionally drained. Like, I feel like somebody took their hand, shoved it in 
my chest and just like yanked out all of my emotions and so I feel like that maybe like a truck hit me after that so that's how I'm feeling this week I hope you all are feeling a lot better than I am all right everybody I'm gonna end it here just because I'm feeling a little gross and you know I wouldn't want to listen to somebody talk if they sounded like me so we're gonna hash it out now be sure to follow me on Instagram and check out my new blog. It's on my website, www.frankymars.com. The blog is called Yankee Doodle Frankie. I know, I came up with that myself. Haha. <laughs> also, if you'd like to know more about Podcorn, the gracious sponsor to this episode, thanks Podcorn, just head over to my website, again, www.frankymars.com and click on the show notes for this episode. I'll have a link to them right below. All right, lovely humans. I hope you all have a great week. And I'm going to try to perk up for next week. So send me questions. Send me love. Send me, I don't know, anything. Just send me hi. I'll I'll say hi back. (laughs) Have a great week. I love you. Peace out, motherfuckers. Namaste. Okay, bye.